podcast yet lightweight chat app where fans get together to talk about things they love. Video games, podcasts, occasionally this podcast. That's right, 2G1P has its very own Discord server where you can chat live from New York or wherever you live with Allie, Jen, and other 2G1P listeners. Talk about the latest episodes or even suggest a show topic. It's really fun. Assuming your bar for fun is relatively low. Visit discord.gg slash 2G1P to join our exclusive server. That's discord.gg slash 2G1P. We'll see you there. Hello, people. I'm Jen. I'm Allie. People of the internet. Are they of the internet? Like, I feel like... People of the pod. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it runs through the internet, but you can download it and just be listening in your car. I think most people are in their car. It's like people of the... People of the highway. People of the highway. People of the highway and the trains. What are you doing right now? What do you do when you listen to this podcast? Yes, what do you do? Do you schwamp schwamp? Are you schwamping? We haven't made a schwamp schwamp joke in a long time. I know. If you don't know what it is, just listen back. Listen to all the episodes so that you can get our inside joke. Jokes. Yes. Um, or, uh, or not. I'm sorry. Um, so I know we have to tell them who we are. Who I really want to tell them what today's episode we? is about, but let's just tell you quick. Okay. 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 I'm ready. I'm who ready. We are. I'm ready. I'm ready. Where do you want to start? Because about. we've gotten really confusing in our story because we used to keep it simple, but actually I'm down to not keep it simple because as long as we're here and they're listening in their car, we might as well tell them about all Listen, the girl, I'm going to cut you off. <laughs> okay. Why don't you okay. go with it okay. again? I'm going to cut you off when it gets long. Okay. All right. Go. What? What do we do? Who are we? Wait. Okay. Huh. Wait. You're going to cut me off when I get long? You should be doing that all the time. Okay. You really? Pra- you let I'm, me just ramble. I know. All I'm going to practice time. right now. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. That was good. That's okay. really good radio, guys. So, also, this is a podcast, not the radio. This is a podcast. Okay. It's the radio. It's the 2018 it's radio. It's basically the radio. It's basically, this is the radio. Because, yeah. like, you're listening to it in your car and instead of the radio. So, it's like the radio. It's like radio on the internet. 98.7, two girls radio. <laughs> oh. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> oh. Okay. That's Matthew. Matt. He sits hey. in the corner. Literally, he sits in the corner. He's in the corner. <laughs> I mean, I'm also Nobody in a corner. A I'm just, I, they do though, but I, I'm also in a corner just for solidarity with yeah, you. Uh, I just want to make you feel good about yourself. Have four have corners, corners, and yeah. if you sit there, then you're in the corner. Right, but yeah. I could sit in the center, and I'm just, I was trying to support you, Matthew, that I am also in a corner. You could sit on the floor in I'm the center. I'm in a different corner. Guys, even though I love to be in the center. My lawyer is <laughs> obligates me to tell you that we have a live show called Two Girls. No, it's not. It's called I thought Blog you were going to say that your lawyer says that you can't sit in the corner. Oh, well, that too. Nobody puts my client in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> Man. So listen, we got a live comedy show, meaning in person on a stage where we perform. It's a relic. Internet, but it's a relic, guys. So we perform things from the internet. The internet is our script and we play these crazy characters. The show's called Blogalog. So we take it way out of context. We might take a Reddit thread and turn mm-hmm. it into a musical number. Yeah, this is not that show. This is a it's podcast. Not. This is a podcast. You're oh, listening to a podcast. I, I wanted know. to see that show. I know. This, you this you have seen that show. Yeah, it's good. Thank you. I don't, <laughs> wanna, I don't want to listen to a podcast. I want to see that show. It sounds awesome. You're not yeah. listening to a podcast. You're fucking editing that podcast, oh, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I got work to do. 
<laughs> just kidding. Actually, I'm not kidding at all. That's like exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> that is literally yeah, it's what's the course happen. of action. By the time you listen to this, you're welcome. Matt has already yeah. edited out half of our ramblings. Um, but that's a show. This is a show. They're okay, a bunch so, of shows. Okay, so we started Blogologs, this live stage show where we performed things from the internet. And then we decided because for a long story, but just like the state of the industry, we had some meetings where people were like, you need to make a web series. We, we made a web online. series <laughs> called <laughs> Two Girls, One Show. Do you get it? Mm-hmm. So in Two Girls, One Show, we would find something fucked up on the internet, contact the person behind it, do an unscripted interview, and then go on scripted shenanigans. Oh, Matthew, yeah, that, was, that was concise. Thank you. Yeah. It never happens to me. <laughs> Matthew came to our screening and was like, I love the interview parts. And I think I joked with you. I was like, two girls, one podcast. And you were like, yep. She just did a shimmy. I did a shimmy shake. You can hear it. Two girls, one podcast. So, um, yeah, so the, the podcast ultimately came out sooner than the web series, but the podcast was born from those interviews. So it in was, this podcast, yeah, yeah. I love 20 minute long introductions. In this About podcast, myself. we do interviews of people yeah. from the internet. So yeah. we find something, we contact the person behind it, and we do full on interview. I think so, we need to take it back. Yeah. Start with, you were born. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I was born, as we all know, STD free. STD free since okay. 1983. I love callbacks. Not the year she was born, I'm but it rhymes. From, yeah, but it rhymes. Because so. I need more context on this whole show podcast thing. Like, okay, when, so what I year was were you born, born? I was born, and then um, uh, my first production was a local community production of Peter Pan. I played a lost Ooh. boy. I played twin number one, which is funny because in real life, I'm also twin number one. That's it was a true. very meta role for now me. Listen, very I know, meta. I know this isn't original because nothing about my childhood was original. Original. You were a basic bitch basic and you bitch. need to bring your diary in and read it because oh, it's so be funny. Show. Don't you have a line in your diary about your coochie cutters? cutters? My coochie cutters, I was wearing them to the dance. Anyway, I had a boombox <laughs> and we would record radio shows on my boombox. Yeah. Oh, that was we probably did too. first we did performance too. Yes. sort of thing. Yeah. And we would listen back to it and I fucking thank Jesus every day that the internet didn't exist because we would have put it on it. Yeah. We would have and we would have been commenting but on it. But then I guess I could listen to it again because yeah. that would sort of be funny to hear. I did have an internet boyfriend. I did I ever tell you about this? No. <gasps> Do you tell us it about your internet boyfriend? Real. I'll sit back. <laughs> She's in the corner now, officially. Get in the corner. Um, his name was Monkey Poo online. <laughs> what? And we... I sat forward we what? chatted we chatted on AOL monkey poo can we back up to monkey poo well he was monkey poo I was Shoon 1967 because Shannon Hoon lead singer by Mel if you know me you know that was my favorite band when I was a kid and oh god I just vomited I, on the mic she actually did on the mic but he lived monkey in New Orleans poo? can we talk about why was his name monkey poo I have why no not? I don't were remember were you dating animal feces <laughs> apparently yes okay okay and it was all going well you know well and fine I really like well chat. well and fine we would type to each other what age what age what are we talking about I was like 14 okay. yeah I love chatting with him I had the computer in my room for the first time Whoa, and then you found out he was a 35 year old man I think he might have been because he sent me he's like can I send you something and I was Whoa. like yeah of course at the time it was like Exciting, but his tiny box could have been a bomb. Oh, but sent you something physical <gasps> in the mail. Physical in the mail. You gave him your address. I did. Oh. You know what? Part of me thinks this is so bizarre, and then part of me is like, this is what modern dating is now. You just text, 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 text. I know. Yeah, like, but now maybe... when you're 14. But yeah. this was okay, what okay, it was yeah. like back in the day. This was yes. the 90s. So uh, he sent me. It was like a Metallica mixtape. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I wish I remember what else, but at that point, I cut it off. <laughs> Do you feel confident that it was someone else, fourteen or your age? No, I think he was older. I forget how old he said he was, but I'm fairly sure he was probably in his 
20s or 30s and i he, i was like 14 wow. yeah 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 that's yeah. a big that's like a very pedophilic <laughs> no no i just mean it's a very yeah. it's a very like archetypal 90s chat room story yeah totally totally yeah and i participated anyway. <laughs> i kind of want to give uh, a participate i kind of want to give a wholesome shout out yeah to because something sort of similar happened to us recently but it wasn't dirty and weird uh-huh. um we had uh, a podcast fan tweet at us jen and Allie, will you be my valentines oh. and i responded do you want to send us valentines? <laughs> you know, when you told him he could Because I was de- like, kidding or not kidding, you know what I mean? You I was said, like, we'll DM well, you our address. And, and so, I was like, no, Well, I figured, I figured, okay, um, I hope he's listening. Um, but yeah, it's a stranger from the internet, so I didn't give him your home address. No, no, we said like... I gave him mine. <laughs> <laughs> You're no better than me and Monkey Poo. <laughs> Shout out to Monkey okay. Poo. <laughs> So yeah, it's a uh, Daniel Page. His Twitter handle is at Music Lover News underscore. And I said, "Will you send us Valentine's?" He said, "Sure." What are your addresses? And he's from Canada, and he sent us maple syrup. <laughs> Talk about playing a news <laughs> But he made some like, great jokes about. It. He's like, "We bathing it up here, yeah." <laughs> no, but it was so sweet. He's, he was like, "Well, I'm from Canada. I'm gonna send you like real maple syrup." And it's a giant ass bottle. We each got one. Yeah, we got a huge bottle. It was very huge. sweet. I'm very excited about my and maple guys, syrup. It is like hermetically sealed. Don't worry. Like I'm going to brunch it out. I'm going to brunch We're it gonna out. We're going to drink it up. You said it was sweet? It was sweet. Yeah. We did not pun, say pun that. Intended, yeah. Pun intended. Pun <laughs> intended. So thank you so much. Daniel Page at Music Lover News underscore. Thanks, Monkey Poo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the record, I did not get any maple syrup, so thanks for nothing, Daniel oh. Page. Underscore. You know what, though? He's going to hear this, and if you DM him your address... You're definitely going to get a maple syrup. Yeah. I'm mostly surprised that Canada gets the internet now. Oh. I didn't know how he could access our show. Please. Canada is so ahead They're of America. So ahead. Are you kidding? Yeah. Canada just did something this week, too, that was, like, insanely amazing. What was it? Hmm, was know. it? Did they mandate equal pay? Canada did something recently where I was like, well, God damn it, Canada. If you know what Canada did this week, tweet it at You know what you did, Canada. <laughs> you know it was you. No, but I mean, the thing is, you could always, whenever you look up Canada news, it's like something great. But there was something this week. <laughs> it's just something it's great. great. Canadanews.com, just a rainbow. All good news. <laughs> just a fucking rainbow and a leprechaun. That's a different country. The forecast just, is always sunny. <laughs> I, and then, but whatever I read last week was so good that I was like, God damn it, Canada. And then I was like, maybe I should move to Canada. I've thought it so many times. I know we all have. We all have, right? Oh, no. I know what it was. What? Uh, well, first of all, someone did mandate, a different country mandated equal, equal pay. pay recently. But Canada, there was something where all the doctors were offered a raise, like across the board. I don't know how the medical system works. I'm going to get schooled by the internet and that's fine. And the doctors declined it so the money could go towards the patients and better health care. Yes, and Canada. It was, right? Does that sound familiar? sounds vaguely familiar, yeah. And I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> They're so nice. Canada strikes again. <laughs> I didn't know. That like how they're just like it's like Newman, like the equivalent of Newman. Newman. Yeah, like how could humans be so selfless and kind and what went wrong in America? We didn't have enough maple that syrup. That's not the mentality. Kids. I know, I know, I know. We have more sunshine, we should be happier. Yeah, I know. Well, it's like it's not happiness, it's selfishness. Like I just but there's something in the way we are raised here where it's like money, money, money. Yeah, and like we're little which, consumers. Which 
I, in a different episode, have been saying, like, I think artists should get paid. I'm about money. But, like, I don't know. It's just, mm-hmm. it's a different mentality. Like, I just could never see that happening in America no. and in Canada. I was like, Canada! <laughs> of course you fucking want everybody to have better health care, and it's already so much better than ours. <laughs> Anywho, now that I've Anywho, brought it all Daniel. down. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, Thanks Daniel. Thanks for the maple syrup. This, none of this has anything to do with today's episode. What is today's episode? Oh, man. <laughs> Nothing to do with it. It's Know Your Meme. It's oh. a big one. Boom. Oh. Boom. Boom. Guys, you've probably been, you definitely have been on this site. Know your meme. This is a huge ass site. Everybody has been on the site, whether they meant to or not. That's I think a lot true. of people maybe didn't mean That's to, true. but they were there nonetheless. So this is, it's memes. This is a site that has always intrigued and confused me. Yeah. It's research backed. Yeah. Um, research. Research backed. Science. Science. <laughs> uh, they got that in Canada research. too. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk to one of somebody. I they funded in Canada. I know. Um, I bet Canada is like all about like combating global warming and like meme <laughs> research. Yeah, like women's like, rights, women's rights, like um, diverse cabinet representation. Yeah, oh, like blah, blah blah blah. Um, I hope Justin Trudeau listens to our podcast one day. We have to get over to Canada right oh now. Oh my though, we're god! We're talking about know your meme now. Could he be a guest on our show, even though he has nothing to do with the internet? I'm sure he could talk about something internet. He is the internet. He has a Twitter. Oh, and he th- and he he also is so big on the internet. Yeah, and the bromance There's with so him and memes. Macron, at least the one that I've yeah, yeah, developed yeah. in my head, is oh, so good. Is that good. a thing? Is there a fan swamp, fiction swamp, swamp, about? Swamp. There's got to be a fan um, fiction I'm about. I'm sure that. there is because I wrote it. Oh, you should perform <laughs> writing it right now. That's really I'm funny. Writing um, it right now. There must have been a lot of memes about that. There and are. Just about there Trudeau are. Generally. And I'm sure they're on. Know your meme. Know your meme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're talking with an editor who's been there for a long time. And we want to hear what he has to say about memes. What do you guys think about memes? <laughs> well, what, do you, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Um, well, taking it back a little. Taking it back. I quit. Um, Matt just threw down well, his awkward. I'm out. That's awkward. Should we, should we just take our things and go? Or? I'm just take my memes and go. <laughs> okay. I feel like I'm the one who has to keep it together over here, guys. What is going on? Know, you know get your it's bad. shit together. You know it's bad when Alex keeps yeah, this on the this rails. Yeah, this is not good. This is not good. Everybody get in your corners, okay? All right. So know your meme. As you guys know, memes exploded on the internet. Images with fucking block text on them, okay? They just exploded. Not What's crazy is everything is, the whole world has changed so fast. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. And know your meme it actually traices where they came from yeah. and kind of like the cultural significance and why this started and how I it got know. passed around and blah, blah, blah. Because they are funny as shit. And like, why is it that sort of information packaged that way? Why does our brain respond so well to that? You know? Well, that I am behind all the way that our yeah. brain responds oh, to I'm humor too. and that that's a great way to get messages But just heard. that sort of visual. Like it's a the new image form the of humor text. that yeah. we've never had in, in the culture before. Right. Uh, that's, that fascinates me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to say we have had it, okay. but it's a new form of it because there's always been comics. Oh, you know oh, what I sure. mean? There's always been funny pictures. It's just like the same way podcast is old school radio, I guess. Meme is like old school. But I guess what I new mean, school. traditional media is storytelling, a person doing stand-up comedy, a television show, a radio drama or something. And yeah. that you can trace that back to like the campfire story, right? That's just narrative. Yeah. But a meme is like, here's a, an image with a caption that Cake references. Man drawings. Sure. 
But it references <laughs> 10 steps backward in memes history of like, in yeah. order to get the, in order to understand the average meme on Reddit or 4chan or whatever, or Twitter, you have to understand the four versions of it that came before because the humor in that meme is referential to right. its previous iterations. I mean, I like your points, but I'm, I am going to. I'm going to devil's advocate them. How, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> because I also think there are so many memes that you don't have to have any references or understand what's happening. And That's you know, true that, and you know sure. that it's funny. Yeah. But so I, I think, think they're largely referential, which is a kind of humor that has become more popular. I remember like with Family Guy back in the day now, uh, that was one of the first times where I was like, wow. That, well, The Simpsons really would do a lot of that too, where they would like jump cut back to something else. Right. That would sort of refer to something else. And that seems like newish in the last like yeah. 20 Referen years. So let's define like it as referential, referential humor. humor is something is, like that. That. Not necessarily new, but it is because access to the inf to information is infinite. I, I there's so much information to consume, and I can access it instantly. Therefore, I get more jokes. Is that a fair premise? I get more internet jokes because I the internet's always old, on. I think it's old school humor repackaged, personally. Okay, but I I think your mm -hmm. points are all valid, team. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I'm sticking with mine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but there is something about like being in the know. You feel like you're a part of something. Well, I think those are the more interesting ones to talk about today with Know Your Meme. Like this is really dark mm -hmm. already, but like the Pepe the Frog thing mm -hmm. started as a basic comic and as something perfectly fine, I think, right? And then got like um, repurposed by the alt-right and then the original creator of it like staged Pepe's death to try to end it. It's like they get passed around by cultural niches and groups mm -hmm. and so those are those are the more interesting stories I think. Mm -hmm. um, but I just mean like how Grumpy Cat, so simple, such a classic like internet meme um, as soon as you would see it you would like feel like you were part of like grumpy culture. <laughs> like I don't know it definitely he, he got a following and I think um, it was as soon as you saw it, you knew how to feel. I don't know. There was something about it where it like, made you feel like a part of something. Right. Yeah. And then the internet uh, gave it new meaning. Meaning yeah. it was it was just like Grumpy Cat and she is a she, by the she way. Is a she. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. She, Wait, you've met her, right? A couple times, yeah. Uh -huh. I've, I've worked with Grumpy Cat. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, juicy. <laughs> you also uh, worked with Grumpy Cat when Grumpy Cat was still cool. No offense. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, the memes take their toll. I mean, they, 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 they rise have and their fall. time. They, they rise, rise and, fall. and fall. They're yeah. like empires. But it was an interesting, but Grumpy Cat's a really interesting example because it was literally just, hey guys, my cat looks grumpy. This, look at this, look at my cat. And then the internet was like, oh my God, this cat's amazing. And it took on 500 new forms of like mm -hmm. Grumpy Cat with captions, Grumpy Cat art, Grumpy Cat this. Yeah. And then the owner of Grumpy Cat was smart enough to to get to a manager and say, Grumpy Cat is now a thing. Let's make coffee. Let's make yeah. shows. Let's make whatever, clothing. So you met the owner too? Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, you're right. That That is smart. To I mean, it, it's ridiculous, but it also as an individual is smart to capitalize on that with that But not all memes are are able to be capitalized. Right. Grumpy Cat sure. was a weird uh, mm -hmm. phenomenon, whereas Pepe was like, like you said, a weird comic that then got commandeered by a thousand other things. You know, another, this is, I mean, these are all old school memes at this point. We're all elderly, but right. um, Success Kid was literally a mom who took a photo of her cute son like going like doing a fist bump on the beach and then people were just found it on Flickr. Mm -hmm. She just posted a picture of her kid on Flickr and then the internet found it and turned it into like yes, something mm -hmm. cool happened. Yes. Right. And then it became a phenomenon. Like sh I don't think she was able to capitalize on that financially mm -hmm. even yeah. though it was her image. Well, that's upsetting. It's, it's but that's the internet, right? Yeah. Right. Well, I guess if you label your photo for reuse, that it's the... 
Correct. That you allow it to be. Reused. I don't know if it, if she allowed it to be used as Creative Commons, uh-huh. but uh, you know, people started using it. Like companies started using it in advertising, which is a big no no. Like the internet can have fun with something, but the minute you put it on a billboard, yeah. it's like, uh, yeah, you need to pay me now. That's my. And photo. did she get paid for that? I believe certain instances she have fought it or she got paid or whatever. That's but, good. But like. When it pops up on Reddit as a meme, it's like, well, there's nothing you can do yeah. about that. I think it's interesting, too, how there's so much on the Internet. And like, um, and I'm sure you know this as working for Daily Dot, but like marketing on the Internet is extremely difficult. There's so much noise to break through. And if you have a brand, a project that you want to, you know, you want to grow your audience, it's ex- extremely difficult to grow your audience. Or there are these moments where the Internet just fucking finds a photo of a cat and goes insane. Right. Right. Yeah. You don't know and, how it's going to And so many people, they don't know how to capitalize on that. Like, my favorite thing is when the internet finds a kid, like a dinosaur kid, who, like, it was a, a young kid who had a YouTube channel with hundreds of videos of him playing with dinosaurs and making up stories with dinosaurs. And it, Reddit found it and was like, this kid is so sweet and so cool. And all of a sudden, on a particular video, he had millions of views. And the kid was like, oh, my God, I'm a YouTuber now. And it's like, well, that's good and bad because the audience may or may not stick around. Right. And, and what does that do to his self? He was just and, having fun. Yeah. And so... You know, as someone who makes internet content, like I, uh, you know, know how to capitalize on that virality. I'm going to like take that lightning in a bottle and try to turn it into an audience. Mm-hmm. But a kid or 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 the owner of Grumpy Cat may or may not know how to do that when mm-hmm. lightning strikes and thus the rise and fall of. It also might not be good for that kid to do that necessarily. Like if he's just having fun with dinosaurs, that's adorable. But once he tries to like get a studio and make right. it a business, like right. that could fuck with that magic. Right. I don't exactly. know. Right. And then, and then now, now it's like his videos. He was having so much fun, and now they might be disappointing to him because they don't have millions of views. It, well, but, that's yeah. what that's the the story of any content creator, and mm-hmm. you guys know this. Of like something is a hit, and then you're like, "Yay, now I got something!" And then, then your next video is like, nobody cares. You yeah, know? I almost just want him to remain a sweet boy playing with dinosaurs. Yeah, dinosaurs are so cool. They are really cool. <laughs> Do, are, are we are we all agreed that they had feathers now? Oh, yeah? Yeah, most of them seem... That's the consensus. That's the latest thing is like they weren't scary, scaly, beast, reptilian looking. They were more bird-like? That they all had feathers. That was... That's the latest. But, you know, they might change that. Like, there's that, like, brontosaurus, like, was a dinosaur, wasn't a dinosaur. I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. misquoting for sure, and the internet's <laughs> gonna get mad at me, but, like, you know. Like, you know, actual feathers you could see? Like, the, the skin of a bug? I mean, I haven't seen them, okay. but yeah. uh, that's the rumor now. Yeah. But I wonder if they're gonna, like, update the Natural History Museum? I don't know. So interesting. Mm. They're all going to have boas on when we go back. I fucking hope that they are drag queen dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, they were living in a post-gender world, just <laughs> hanging out in their boas, and it was fantastic. What I'm excited to ask our guest today is that, you know, uh, when I was working on the internet in the earlier days, it was like there were well, a few... Early internet. There were a few places Gotta to get do memes. That every, every time. Every time. There were a few places to get memes, and it's like you woke up one day, and it's like, oh, this is the hot meme of the day. There might be two or three, and we're following that and it's cool and fun now there's so many platforms there's so many internet communities there's so many sub communities there's so many places that you as a user don't really wade into where the memes the memes come from it's so big Mm -hmm. and so how do you keep track of it all and know your meme is is essentially a database Mm -hmm. with a team of reporters who have to do research and try to like figure out where the memes come from what's their etymology yeah i do not understand how you even trace that because so many things aren't linked like i don't get it right yeah 
I literally don't understand how you would figure out what the first instance of the meme was. Right. That always amazed me because I would Google it and it's like, how do you know? Mm -hmm. How do you actually know the first version? Well, and who is fact checking know your meme? Like, I always wonder about Snopes. Like, who is Snoping Snopes? There you go. Like, we... No, no, your meme. I don't know. What? No, no, your meme. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, checking. I don't know. No, no, your meme. I, I mean, got that's, it. that's I a got deeper it. philosophical question. Who's fact checking, checking the New the York Times? Right. Well, there are fact checkers at the New York Times who are trained to do that journalism, but mm-hmm. they can make mistakes. I'm not, I'm not shitting on the New York Times. They're one of the best publications in the world. I just pooped on the New York Times. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's a deep philosophical question of like, what is truth? What is knowledge? What is journalism? So mm-hmm. we could, mm-hmm. we can talk what about that. What is truth and knowledge? Yeah, you. <laughs> okay. Deal with that. Uh, I don't know anymore. We live in a fucking post-truth world, which is the worst. I hate that it's, phrase. It's the worst. I like it right now. Just, I don't know. Yeah. You know where they're living in the truth world? Canada. Fucking Canada. Canada. Just drinking Canada, maple syrup. Canada. Drinking maple syrup and telling oh, guys, truths. I know we're saying terrible <laughs> things, but we truths. love you, Canada. <laughs> well, speaking of knowledge and truth, it's time to take a break. Speaking of knowledge and truth, it's time for trivia. How did you know I was going to say that? Because <laughs> oh, knowledge and truth doesn't that? equal break. But knowledge I was, and I was truth was going to get there trivia. and then you like said it. I, I don't know how you knew I that. I thought you because I'm a genius. I'm filled with knowledge God, and truth. you're good. Thank you. Good. <laughs> Speaking of memes, have you guys heard of the Rickroll? Of course. Yes. Who do you think we are? What's the Rickroll? Um, so it was... You, you, you click a link. You click a link and you get Rick Astley's never going to give you up and people would just punk each other and like say the link was something else and it would yeah, be never they'd be gonna like give hey you check out this new stats on blah 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 and then you k- click it it's like never, never gonna, gonna give you up, up never, never gonna, gonna let you down <laughs> i was hoping you'd sing but do you <laughs> and, know do you know you why that we would do you know why the rickroll is iconic in that way like do you did you know like why how it the, became the rickroll how roll? it became the rickroll no. Because Rick Astley's because Rick Astley is like this skinny white guy, at least in the '80s. But his voice was so deep and booming. Like when you heard it on the radio, you didn't not, you didn't think that's what Rick Astley looked like. Got it. But when you see him on video on YouTube, he looked very different than than the ooh, 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 than that guy that you yeah. heard. What was that? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. As of 2010, and this is the most recent stat. Wait, 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 wait. So how does that give us the term Rickroll? Or you're about to tell because us. You, because you're being, uh, you're being rolled or you're being tricked into thinking. It's like this sub-tier yeah. wait, of Wait, I didn't reference. know that rolled was slang You got rolled. For... You is got that tricked. what happened? Yeah. Was that what that means? But the point is, like, you got tricked into clicking this link, but right. it's sending you to a thing that you didn't think visually was the thing. So it's like two layers of, like, yes. trick. Got you it. know gotcha. what who Rick Astley is now, but then the Rick roll has became the de facto trick, trickable mm-hmm. link. Yes. Got it. This is what Know Your Meme is for, to, like, understand yes. the etymology of the Rick roll. Okay. But that's not the trivia question. Okay. The trivia question is, the, old, the, the, the most up-to-date stat, because there was a lawsuit in Germany, so the most up-to-date stat I could find that in 2010... Uh, the Rickroll video had 39 million views on YouTube. That's nothing because it currently has like 415 million. So well, these are old stats. We need to become the subject of a prank. <laughs> yes. Well, that's memes for you, right? <gasps> oh, but at the oh time, uh, how much money did Rick Astley himself earn? Because this was an, with, this is the official R- Rick Astley video on YouTube that people are linking to. How much money did Rick Astley earn for, in royalties from 39 million YouTube views because he was the subject of this prank? $3. I was going to guess something very low. <laughs> $3? Maybe it's like $100 per like 10 million views or something. I know. I don't, I don't like think $300. he made much. I don't think it was a lot. But yeah. you're telling, but it's trivia because the answer is like shocking, right? So it, it is something like $3. 
or zero? I mean, I don't know. Like, is is he? I think it's low. I think it's low. Okay. Yeah. I need, I need some guesses. I'm so going to say, say $67. $67 and $3. Yes. All right. <laughs> we're going to find out the real answer, not the Rickroll trick answer. The, the real, real answer, because neither the ones you heard Truth are correct. <laughs> After the break. Jen, I have a new hobby I want to tell you about, and it doesn't involve Craigslist. Oh, girl. Okay, tell me. Do you want to guess? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, hi, windsurfing? No. Are you getting good at knife skills? No. Um, are, how about braiding hair? Yes. No. My new <laughs> hobby is chat rooms. What? Oh, that's crazy. That's my new <laughs> hobby too. What? I Where know. are you doing this? Let's say it on the count of three and see if it's in the same place. One, One two, two, three. three. Discord. Discord. Oh my God. Guys. Oh my god, we're the same person. Are we good actresses? <laughs> do you know what? There's only one person that hosts this podcast, and then we just do different voices. I think I might have made that same joke before. <laughs> okay, guys, wait. I do want to say something actually about Discord. So Discord is a chat room, and you can all join it for free. It's discord.gg slash 2g1p. We have a fan chat room, and people should come join it and chat with us. Chat with us and help us come up with new topics for the show. Also, just shoot the shit. People are like telling us where they're from, what they're jobs are what they're up to what video games they like that's correct allison it's our new hobby and it should be yours too and it's not at all like how we used to use chat rooms when we were preteens no it's a little bit different and we're putting new Uh episodes there we also i think have an off topic thread where you can talk about basically any weird shit you want to talk about and we'll see it and we'll chime in all right see ya bye My wife, Clarice, and I are always searching for new Epicurean delights to satiate our discerning palates. This excellent volume of recipes truly epitomizes the art of haute cuisine. Procuring the placenta may prove difficult. However, as an MD, I have little trouble talking my way into the maternity wards. I recommend the placenta with fava beans, paired with a nice Chianti. And this three-star review was written by J.F. Smith. But what do I do with the leftover babies? I'm thinking meatloaf or something Austrian, maybe a quinoa salad? We back? All right. Well, that sounds delicious. Delightful, delectable, disgusting. <laughs> yep. Yep. All the all of the above. Would you it's... eat? Would you eat placenta? Nope. How about mine? <laughs> sure. Okay. Cool. I just wanted to check. Um, it keeps me keep. Isn't there a Cole Porter song? It's delightful. It's delicious. <laughs> it's lovely. It's, it's No, no, no. That's a song. It is. It's not about placenta, but it's uh, sure? it is a song. It it's actually about be. placenta. <laughs> oh, cold. There's always a second meaning. <laughs> um, so referential. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> is it true that uh, placenta 
will you can use that later but that science is like not proven right you freeze that like your wedding cake then you take it out later and you put it on your face like a mask oh i think i thought, <laughs> I thought, I thought it was nice for like if, i thought it was for like if your babies like i don't know get cancer you like oh. have their stem cells whoa but i think that um or some sort of disease but i also think the science is like not proven it's yet. not there guys it's not there yet yeah. I believe it's more about um, uh, cord blood. Um, uh, what do they call it? umbilical cord Build blood? blood. And did you guys save your? We placenta? didn't. It was no, not placenta. But there is a discussion of like did saving save the cord blood. Cord blood? No. Mm-hmm. We talked about it briefly, but decided not to. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. my doctor friends who have kids were like, "Eh, the science isn't behind that." It's mm-hmm. this thing where companies will store it, and you pay them to store it for many, many years, and it's like, okay, well, you're paying money into that thing for the assumption or hope that science one day might be able to make use of it. And I think what you're saying is, man, true. what a business! What a business! What are we going to tell people that has might healing properties? So we should save it, and they should pay us money. Save mm. your eyebrows when you pluck them. <laughs> so Ooh. we'll just have people send <laughs> us their plucked eyebrows. Yeah, yeah, because you could like scan dna from that or some shit yeah cool great yeah so listeners send us your eyebrows no um, money to store that shit. i'm gonna be giving you jen's address <laughs> no <laughs> uh it I'll will DM cost you my address it'll cost you 20 dollars a month <laughs> okay. but you could support us on patreon <laughs> no human fluid exchange there <laughs> anyway anywho's Wow. Um, so that's a book on Amazon that we can buy. 25 recipes. Placenta um, recipes. You've got to have a lot of placenta to get through all 25 recipes. Or a lot maybe, of nerve. Yeah, that too. <laughs> or maybe um, it just requires a dash of placenta in each recipe. <laughs> just a dash. I'm not sure. Mm. Oh, okay. We're going to oh, have to order the yeah. book. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. interview her on the podcast <laughs> or right. him. I didn't check. We should check the gender of the author or non-gender. It's a woman. Her name is Robin Cook. Robin could Robin be a boy's could be name. Oh, true. It also might be a pen name. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pseudonym. Mm-hmm. A P pseudonym. Well, there is that book, Semenology, the Semen Bartender's Handbook. Written by Paul Fodenauer. And that is not his real name. That's true. That's uh, true. We interviewed him in Two Girls, One Show. Our web series. But we, we, should also, but we should also interview him for Two Girls, One Podcast. I think we, we reached out. I know. That would be fantastic. But today, memes. Not memes. Memes. Mm, little semen. We're memeing, not semen. Meme. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, that was good. good. I liked that one a lot. Yeah, applause. So um, it, Matt didn't actually give you any applause. He just said the <laughs> word uh, applause. That's, that's what it's going to come to Can you imagine if days? we did a show applause. and the whole audience was just like applause, 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 applause. Well, I don't have a soundboard, so I would normally like hit a button and, yeah. and give you a round of applause. But instead, I just said I Can it. you I do that later in post? I could. Okay, do it right here. All right, know your meme. We ready to interview this guy? <laughs> We've like barely talked about memes. Here we go. Let's do it. We're about, we're about to talk about so many memes. We're about to talk about all of the memes. We're about to get into it. We're about to get deep in the maze. Deep, deep yo, 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 yo. What? We got to answer the trivia question oh, first. Let's talk about memes. Speaking of memes. Rick Astley. I feel so bad for him because he made no money. You don't know. You don't know the answer. We don't know. I hope he made so much money. All right, let's do it. As of 2010, the Rickroll video had 39 million YouTube views. It's up to way, 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 way more. Because that's, that's a long time ago. 
but uh, <laughs> okay. a German lawsuit. Ger in Germany, there's a very, there are very strict rules about um, music licensing and music rights, so there's a lot of lawsuits and a lot of restrictions about YouTube in Germany. So there, there was a case in Germany at that time, and as a result of that case, um, his earnings were made public or part of court records. Uh, so Jen, you said three dollars. Three dollars. And Ali, you said sixty-seven. 67. These are the R Rick Astley's royalties from thirty-nine million views on YouTube. Yes. The correct answer as of twenty ten. It's gonna hurt. Twelve dollars. <gasps> oh, I literally got a chill through my body when wow. you said that. <laughs> now, before you go <laughs> and say, "Oh, YouTube sucks and artists don't get paid," this is all contingent on his negotiation with negotiation contract with his record label. So. In the same way that artists really don't get paid from radio plays, they don't get paid from internet plays, they don't really get paid from Spotify that much. That's because record labels take all the money. So record labels hold the contracts, they get the money from the streams, and it was some settlement in a German court about who gets paid what, but... Rick Astley, as the artist, it was not the writer of the song, he had performance rights, but not... Uh, authorship rights and those are different. Got it. Wait, so who wrote it? Yeah, who I don't know. It? I don't have that information. But yes. and did he make any money? Yes, or she? likely many, many millions of dollars or oh, hundreds of thousands. Of you dollars, go, girl. I assume. Interesting. Yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah. But yes, money was paid because the video is monetized. Well, and I was wondering, like, did the YouTube and the label take it all versus the writer correct. and performer? Correct. Uh, it depends. The label taking it all. What does that mean for the writer? Yeah, I'm. I'm sure the writer has more rights to it than Astley does, but the record label basically i mean he should still fucking get way more than 12 dollars yeah. right but that's just how his contract was negotiated at that. i mean this is a this is a tale as old as the record industry it was like hey you want to be on, as old as the record you want to be on warner brothers records or sony records sign your life away and you'll be right. famous and the artists don't the artists typically make money from perfor live performances shows tours merchandise mm -hmm. but they don't make money from CD sales, radio play, streams, iTunes, that's not where the money goes. Right. It goes to labels. That's Which the deal with the devil. Which is not good because you make so much more money on in, in those media yeah. than in life. Welcome to corporations, right? Man. Well, I'm going to go crawl in a different corner and cry. First, we're going to know your meme. Uh, we're really psyched right now because on the line we have Brad Kim, the editor-in-chief of Know Your Meme. Welcome, Brad. Hi. Uh, thanks for having me on. <laughs> we're so excited. Brad, is it true that you've been there since you since you were an intern? Yes, correct. This has been my first job. Uh, Your first and only job. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How many years has it been, if you don't mind us aging you? Uh, it would be approximately 10 years. But uh, to be exact, I joined in May 2009. Uh, so yeah, about nine years going eight or not, I'm sorry, nine, nine years going, going ten. ten. <laughs> <laughs> Counting yeah, is difficult. <laughs> oh my God, your 10 year anniversary is coming Congrats. up. How are you going to celebrate? With a meme? Yeah, actually, you know, uh, I'm glad you brought it up because we're going to throw uh, a 10th anniversary party um, later this year. So it also happens that uh, it's been 20 years since the meme all your base are belong to us whoa it, really? it, ha it has been that long yeah huh. yep uh it, wait so that's from the, the 90s that was from yeah 98 98 um, and i believe uh with the exception of dancing baby uh remember the cha-cha baby uh -huh, uh, yes. uh -huh. yeah and if we were to make a you know distinction between viral media uh, versus meme that evolves yeah, all your base uh, took off in '98, and there's actually a 
an old news clip of a of a of a broadcaster, you know, trying to describe this, you know, all your baser belong to us kind of <laughs> taking over real life because people would you know go out and make crop circles, you know, into the shape. And this was in '98, so people didn't know how to really process this crop circles um, yeah. the original meme <laughs> that's so great you trace memes back to their origins so what is the origin story of all your base well the source quote all your base are belong to us uh dates back to a 1980s uh kind of a shoot 'em up like arcade game um and you know it, it was a quote uh featured in one of those dialogue uh cutscenes. And given that, you know, during the 80s, there were lots of uh, Japanese video games uh, that were kind of rushedly translated and ported uh, to North America. And so during that time, there were lots of uh, grammatically odd uh, translations, which became, yeah, it is kind of a genre of internet humor, uh, English. You know, back then, using terms like English was uh, less of a, I don't know, thing. But there was also an undercurrent of just lots of uh, grammatically incorrect signage from, you know, Japan or Korea or Asia. And so there was already an undercurrent of this uh, appeal for kind of broken English humor. It was kind of the one of the first non-sequitur memes, too, uh, in the sense that there really wasn't uh, much of cultural context to it, <laughs> except that you just uh, put it, you know, you just mention it anywhere you can. Right. That. So a non sequitur meme is a meme without much cultural context. It just happens. Right, right. The point of the meme itself is there isn't much point. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> like the the baby that you mentioned, that Uga Chaco baby, wasn't that from an episode of like, it was from Ally McBeal Allie or McBeal. something? Yeah. Correct. And also, <laughs> uh, even though the dancing baby itself uh, surfaced online around 96 and, you know, took a couple of years and mainly through email chains, mm -hmm. it spread. But uh, the Ally McBeal episode was also aired in January this year. So, you know, in terms of uh, kind of looking back at the meme culture, um, 2018 is a pretty significant year. It coincides with, I guess, you know, uh, Know Your Memes beginning as well, is that it's also a decade of meta meme culture, as in... Like memes uh, on memes? Yes. Uh, <laughs> so in 2008, out of, you know, hundreds of buzzwords that came out during the Web 2.0, era uh memes uh was the one that took off in 2008 and finally found its name whereas you know before then you know it was called you know sensations and in the news world uh i believe the the vertical section it belonged was offbeat news <laughs> how did we arrive at the word meme yeah the origin of the word meme itself is also very interesting because it began actually in the context of evolutionary bi biology as i'm sure that's definitely what i was aware. that's i was gonna guess that yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we were so, not gonna no, guess that <laughs> that's not what i was gonna guess okay yeah should i give should i give a yeah, little go background? there go there go there we would love to okay. hear yep absolutely so um in 1976, I think uh, a British evolutionary biologist, uh, Dr. Richard Dawkins, uh, wrote a book called The Selfish, Selfish Gene. The Selfish Gene was the name of the book where the word meme was coined or first introduced to the public. The concept was that, you know, there is actually a working analog between how genetic evolution works 
and how certain genetic traits uh, transmit across generations. But there is a cultural analog to it where ideas also uh, spread within the framework of, to an extent, uh, yeah, genetic evolutionary model. So, you Wait, know, culture can be spread through genes? No, uh, so genes uh, are transmitted, you know, uh, by generations, uh, uh -huh, you know, uh -huh. over time. Uh, if we were to apply the same concept of ideas, let's say uh, the wheel. Oh, that ideas right? are passed down. Right. Okay, got it, got so, it. So, exactly. So the wheel, like, somebody came up with the wheel and, wow, this is a really great idea. Let's, let's pass down the wheel. This. Let's keep rolling it. Yeah, exactly. let's keep rolling with so that's it. The whole, <laughs> that's the whole analogy. Uh, but it wasn't until, um, actually, early, a little before that, in the early 1993, I think, um, this uh, blogger, early day blogger named uh, Mike Godwin, uh, kind of uh, resurfaced that term meme in the context of internet culture. Mm -hmm. So these, you know, zany things that spread and go viral on the internet, um, you know, uh, this can be called a meme. 2008 was when essentially um, a lot of publishers and that's when the news media took on the term meme as, oh, it's that internet thing. And that I'll just thing. I'll yeah. add one more clarification for the the Dawkins analogy. Uh, genetics are, are spread through generations, and they mutate through generations. That's the basis of evolution, as we know. Mm -hmm. Just as ideas mutate through generations, so I can say mm -hmm. a rainbow, a unicorn riding a rainbow, and if you pass that information to Jen, Jen might hear it as a unicorn riding a, a, a rainbow, and then mm -hmm. it becomes a new thing. And that's right. that's the analogy mm -hmm. between genetics and and memes, Got as it. Dawkins coined. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as Matt as Matt mentioned, there is a kind of an academic debate about to what degree uh, is the analogy, you know, mm -hmm. translatable. Okay, so uh, we have been wondering, what is the process by which you can actually trace something to its origin? That just seems impossible because, I don't know, I've clicked things and they have no link. Like, what is that process? Because you guys, that's what you do, right? You trace it to the first mention. Yes, yes we do. How can we I do. trust you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can trust us as much as you can trust anyone, which is not at all, or what? Metadata. Okay. If you can trust okay. metadata, okay. you can give us as much uh, faith as you would put faith in timestamps or. Okay. Or, yeah. So, uh, I mean. I feel to... reassured, actually. <laughs> well, I yeah. guess someone's you know hacking those, so I don't know. Yeah, that's not a. Uh, joke, you know, in the in the age of fake news, and you know, to the the capacity to uh, simulate metadata is a whole different issue. But yeah, I bet they're not doing that in Canada. Definitely, not. I bet they're not. <laughs> the metadata could be simulated as a result of just simulating a meme. You can just astroturf. Can but... you define astroturf in this context? Sure, sure. I think astroturfing actually like. It's, it's a marketing term that kind of transferred over to internet culture where, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's, an, it's an artificial mass dispersal of a, of a message through, well, by actually, yeah, pouring money into it, essentially. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Got it. Because social media is now an industry, that sort of practice is becoming more and more uh, prevalent. It's, we, we've gotten to the point where, you know, creating content out of one's volition or just for the sake of creating like that age has passed we're at an age where content creators are creating things specifically with the design 
of making it go viral in mind. So, right. you know, that kind of changes the whole paradigm of how we come up with ideas to begin with, let alone how we spread it. Right, because now we think of ideas as, will this idea be popular rather than, is this an idea that I think is unique or funny or interesting? Right, which which is, was the only way, you know, or the only kind of, uh, I guess, motive that people made stuff anyway was like, oh, I think this is good. Although total non sequitur, not a non sequitur meme, but I love the shit on YouTube. This is only semi-related. Yeah. I love the shit on YouTube that is so weird that when I watch it, I'm like, who the fuck came up with this and thought it was a good idea to make and thought it would go viral? And then it does go viral. So like specifically, I'm thinking of Salad Fingers, which yes. is so fucking weird and so insanely popular. So it makes me right. happy that something could be still such a weird, because I agree with you, like, so we're not, I think it's, in some ways it could be the death of creativity to create for what will have this virality, this sort of mass weird internet approval as opposed to this crazy idea you have in your head. But Salad Fingers is some dude's crazy fucking brainchild. And exactly. the guy, do you like my butt? That guy? You know what I'm talking about? Do you like my you butt? Like my butt guy. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you mean. Yeah, do you like my butt? That's a good impression. That was oh, a- these are deep cuts. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, he's a like claymation character who's naked and is like, do you like my butt? <laughs> and it's so weird and so popular. I think Salad Finger is a great example, uh, you know, kind of contrast and compare example because Salad Finger came out, I think that initially came out on Flash, unless I'm mistaken. It mm-hmm. was like even before YouTube. <gasps> I could be really? wrong. Really? Uh, well, I mean, uh, we discovered it somewhat recently, but I remember when we discovered it, everyone was like, wait, you didn't know that existed? And it's got like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was episode. pretty early on in the days of YouTube where, uh, yeah, still that kind of, uh, you know, mindset of uh, memetic engineering wasn't, you know, wasn't a thing. It was just mm-hmm. people sharing things were like, hey, I made this. But Oh, now I'm sad. You know, a lot of that, uh, I don't know what you would call that, genre of humor fucking weird that's what i call it <laughs> which i love i love shit that is fucking weird i love how specific and bizarre it is right or like i left a little like two seconds longer than i should have kind of content <laughs> yes like, yes yeah after you're done laughing you're uh, shaking your head a little bit i'm like i don't you're know like what why I did i yeah why did i it's like baffling that humor. like why yeah do I need to, why am I hitting replay? Like, what's happening? You don't feel good about watching you it. You don't, yeah. you don't feel good about it. Uh, what's, I yeah. Mean, you know, without getting too philosophical, <laughs> I think there is, you know, definitely a charm to it that that really, you know, appeals to our generation and just people in general, because I feel like, you know, on a day-to-day, everything is based on logic that I think we all kind of have this craving for, just illogical weirdness yeah, like non sequitur yeah. and just like what the fuck or well, you know, I think that it's kind of harder thing. and harder to be surprised today and spontaneous yeah that, yes. and that's uh-huh. something we we started to see in our live show so right. we have a live comedy show called blogologues where we perform internet text word for word mm-hmm. and we started it i mean the show's old now we started it in 2012 and what was shocking then is not shocking now right, right. and it's just it's changing so fast i feel like people are looking it's it's i don't know Mm-hmm. Anyway, the point is, do you like my butt? Um, okay, <laughs> quick interjection. Metadata. Quick Meta- interjection yeah? before we get there. Uh, Salad Fingers is from 2004. 
Wow. Uh, Brad is wow. correct. It does predate YouTube, and it was a Flash animation mm. on the creator's website domain. Whew. Wow, wow. Okay, so that was, so yes, so that was created before this need to appease. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Huh. Thank you for fact-hacking, Matt. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Anytime. No, you were did correct. You, go like that. Did you check the metadata? I checked it. Okay, so take it back. Take it back. I'm sorry. I, I just it's got, okay. I do this. I get so excited, but We've I wonder been about talking the search. About, oh, the search. Yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah. how do you trace things to their origin? Mm-hmm. I think that's right. where we started that's, that. Yeah. That's where we were. Yeah. Let's yeah, so, trace this conversation back, back to its to origin. Right, right. Metadata. Um, the short answer is actually quite anticlimactic. Wah, I think wah, you'll get it. But it's a, it's just a lot of googling. We know a lot about that. <laughs> yeah, my search history is not okay. But but how do you Google and, and know what's yes. real? That's so, what's right. Precision googling uh, is, I guess, like what we are trying to practice. If you click around the search bar on Google, you know, there are quite a few, um, you know, features where you can segment the search results or filter the results by year, by types of media, by types of links. For instance, for me, uh, I use a lot of uh, Boolean search terms like, um, you know, and um, not or, you know, uh, and we use quote, we, when we do search, we always run searches in quotes and then also searches not in quotes because those two things yield uh, yeah. different mm-hmm. results. But yeah, that would be one example of uh, trying to apply um, precision Googling. Generally, the process begins with laying out the timeline, doing deep Google search where yeah, we just go down the year and kind of, a, well, it's not even a joke because it's really, it's almost a hassle how many tabs we have to work with because <laughs> of that. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes it crashes like after a while. But yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a process that mainly relies on metadata that is indexed and crawled by Google. And we just, you know, go all the way back to the timeline uh, until the search results show like five results. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure as far as the, uh, you know, digging the deep internet uh, goes, I'm sure that practice will also evolve as technology evolves. But um, I would say it doesn't really deviate too much from what I learned and kind of the research process in journalism. So did you study journalism in school? Yes. So oh, I, and look where you are now. <laughs> <laughs> I actually studied, uh, yeah, journalism and international politics uh, uh, in school. But um, so when I graduated in 2009, uh, I was in New York. And 2009 was a terrible year for uh, graduates yeah. across the board. But especially in new york people uh students and in journalism oh my goodness yeah it you know it was a it was like a dark year for the only thing worse than journalism is theater so (laughs) right (laughs) we've i'm sure there are other yeah yeah so journalism was one of the more heavily affected places and i i honestly think you know out of my college education the best part was when at the end of that my last semester a panel of uh, journalists from, you know, who's who in New York came and and the takeaway was uh, to some to paraphrase Run, it. Save uh, yourselves. Yes, exactly. It was like, please do not apply. We are trying to keep our jobs. It <laughs> was kind of, well, it wasn't as, you know. Explicit as, as that, yeah. <laughs> I, am, I am paraphrasing it, but that was my takeaway. And I was like, oh, 
thank you for giving us a reality check. But yeah. anyway, um, actually, that speaks very highly of you to say thank you for giving us the reality check, because I feel like the typical 21 year old thing is it'll be different for me. <laughs> <laughs> and people blindly go out into That's the so sunset true. and starve. Right. Yeah. I mean, if, I don't want to talk about myself too much, but for me, like 2009, when the whole, you know, recession happened and things that was actually my like that was that was a sequel for me because I actually ended up uh here on this side of the earth because of another massive financial crisis in Asia back in the 90s and you know that's actually how I ended up uh immigrating and so for me it was you know it was stressful but I I it wasn't as much of a panic uh-huh. uh because you'd been through it before that and by the time 2008 uh i realized that oh this is a cycle it's gonna happen mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, yeah. it always happens it's gonna be yeah, bad times but it'll get better was i guess yeah it was kind of my mindset but in terms of my how i ended up in memes was uh i i wanted to actually i wanted to get into political journalism but um <laughs> but here we the, are <laughs> Being in New York City, I I just, you know, naturally kind of derailed into um, arts and culture aspect of things. And so that's where me and Noya Meme comes into place is I was watching this show called Rocket Boom, which was an early day daily podcast slash videocast series. And and when I was watching it, uh, this was, yeah, around 2008, right? When when the word meme started kind of bubbling up, they started a spinoff show called uh, Know Your Meme. And it was this web series where the co-founders of the web series, they, you know, dress, they got dressed up in these lab coats and it would be three to four minute kind of a mockumentary style educational show about, you know, what is the... I don't know, the critical theory implications of lolcats uh, and things like that, where like, I just, you know, I immediately fell in love with it, uh, where the, I, my impression was like, wow, these guys are absurdly serious and seriously absurd about things that <laughs> I, I really that. like. And so, I yeah. I don't want to be described I, that way. Yes. Okay, continue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think generally I, I, yeah, I'm drawn to those kind of things. So yeah, um, I, you know, applied for an internship and Kenyatta, Ellie and Jamie, um, who interviewed me, hired me on the spot. And uh, I remember my first day, my job assignment was to go to Chinatown, find a plush toy of Mudkibs. If you remember Mudkibs. Uh, Wait, is, <laughs> no. that, is that, is that um, Pokemon? It's, yeah, it's a Pokemon meme that is also about 10 years old, a, a decade plus Old, but yeah, at the time it was a, it was a very highly sought after meme, and uh, I spent an entire day and like it was really hot, and in Chinatown I would just like I would just go into every toy store, <laughs> asking if they had a Mudkip <laughs> toy, and uh, I failed, but it was honestly like one of the best work days I've ever had, <laughs> and I was like I want to do this. I want to do this professionally. <laughs> and so here I am. <laughs> Editor-in-chief. <laughs> I wanted to talk about, you mentioned that you had moved in the 90s. And so I know you said you don't want to talk about yourself, but I read this anecdote about you online uh, oh. on the internet, and I'm tracing it back to its source, which is you. Uh, not funny. Anyway, um, so you had said that you growing up as, a, as an immigrant child... 
in the 90s, like didn't understand a lot of the cultural references that were going yes. on, mm-hmm. um, which I think is an interesting story in general, but so fascinating that now you are the king of it. Right. Right. You're beyond culture. It's like culture commenting on culture commenting on culture and then at the top is you. Like you what's oh, that same. what's that like? You know? Like Right. But my first question when I got here was, okay, all of you guys are saying, Can you smell what the rock is cooking? And what does that mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> and and that's when I landed was in ninety eight and it was I did not understand a word of it. I was like, What are you guys talking about? Well, I mean, that's really what I find so impressive about um, immigrants to any country, because it's not just about learning the language. I mean, the slang and the idioms and then the amount of pop culture references that pop up in every conversation. It's like it's mind boggling to me. Oh, no. I mean, that's why. And I think this applies to, you know, uh, non-immigrants as well, where like generally, you know, I keep my politics uh, outside of work and things. But, you know, when it comes to issues like net neutrality or like things that really, you know, um, gets too close to the accessibility of Internet, um, I really do get worked up because that's essentially how I learned the American culture. Right. Is that you know, without the ability to speak and ask and find out in person, my best friend was Google and and the internet to, you know, look up, okay, what is what what does it mean to say, can you smell what the rock is cooking? And then you find a you find a, you know, a Rest, WrestleMania wiki. And so yeah, I grew up with a lot of uh, wiki like you know like referential sites at the same time do you feel like the world is getting smaller where now you know so many of these memes and things i mean i'm sure there's an international element to a lot of them yes yes i think that is uh one thing that i have been noticing in like recent years uh as a couple years ago um and there's a couple reasons to it which is when we when we researched the the scale of uh like the international recognition of a meme it's really hard to measure it unless you know all the languages that are available on Google. Uh, but with reverse image search, which is kind of a, you know, it's a. Oh, I'm familiar. A, but tell yeah, our yeah, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's an, yeah, it's kind of a, a, a one of the newer technologies which enables us to basically index and find out, you know, how many different languages has distracted boyfriend been uh, translated to and what I found out was like, it was amazing. Like in terms of, I mean, there were, you know, there were Arabic instances of it. There were Farsi instances of it. I mean, you know, even down to the sub regional. So I am that we are definitely seeing um, kind of a meme culture uh, kind of working as a, as an agent of globalization, I think, even though we're at an early stage, but I think down the line, uh, meme culture will will definitely play the role of bridging cultures. Do you know which meme is the most translated? Slenderman is probably, wow. to what I, to my knowledge, um, and if we're talking about scale and the you know level of like prominence, yeah, um, I think I mean Distracted Boyfriend was a huge sensation, but it was kind of a you know a seasonal pew that was the meme of uh, 2017, whereas. Slenderman is a, you know, it's a, it's a mythology that has a lot of different iterations in different mediums. I can't, rec- you know, off the top, remember how many different languages, but it touches on all five continents. And Slenderman, the name also is a lot of times just uh, directly translated 
I think in Japan it's called like Slenderman or like.、Hmm. But yeah,、uh, there's yeah, Slenderman is something where it's、uh, in terms of scale and participation. Yeah, yeah, the level of participation.、Um, Slenderman, I would say, is the most internationally developed. So I wanted to talk about the the spread, how how things go viral. There were two、mm-hmm. things in particular you mentioned in a different interview that I wanted to touch upon. So you had mentioned that、um, I think I think this is what it had said. Correct me, obviously, if I'm wrong. Cats are not actually that popular on the internet. It's just that there's an extreme cat network. And also, bodybuilding forums are a huge、mm. predictor of what will be popular. So, I was wondering if you could just talk a little bit more about that and how things spread. Absolutely. Actually, I believe that was a very sharp insight from Kenyatta Cheese,、uh, whom I call my meme sensei.、Uh, he, yeah, he's the one、uh, who started the whole thing basically, and and brought me on. But I do, I do、uh, know exactly what he is talking about as far as demythifying the whole in- internet will always love cats has a lot to do with yes, the the influencer infrastructure that exists on the internet. So infrastructure and amplifiers. I mean, these are all academic terms for basically people obsessed with cats. Yeah, who have a lot of audience, and they will publish and feed content if it if it has traction. The statement that the internet loves loves cats, I, I guess it is misconstrued in the sense that the way that things go viral and spread and、uh, you know draws participation、um, has a lot to do with the inherent traits of an idea, but also it has to do with the External pressure and the climate, and when I say climate, you know, a, a lot of times when we see memes that we know or you know we just call it, we're like, oh, this is gonna really take off. But you know, the next day something big will happen in the news cycle, and it will just bury it down. It will just like disappear into obscurity. So, you know, to what、uh, what Kenyatta was saying, I think、uh, it is always kind of important to keep in mind that the that the network. On which ideas spread, and the influencers, the power dynamics of of, of players in this network,、um, also has a lot to do with a with a meme popularity. And bodybuilders. Yeah.、Uh, so we actually all became. I think we everyone on on Know Your Meme research staff has a bodybuilding account. I'm I'm pretty sure for research,、uh, but none of us are really bodybuilders.、Uh, I mean. <laughs> One of us work out, but yeah, it's a fascinating forum.、Uh, I mean, there are also, you know,、uh, in the likes of those before bodybuilding came,、uh, there were lots of like video game message boards, like game game fat game FAQ. Yeah, but video game forums are not surprising to me as a place where memes <laughs> begin.、Right. Bodybuilding forums, absolutely. Right. So more specifically, it's the bodybuilding forums miscellaneous board. Where it's yeah, it is definitely.、Uh, they have delivered enough and contributed enough in in making memes, you know, skyrocket. Where it is, it is a meme hub, kind of an influencer community.、Um, my guess is that you know, with bodybuilding forum, it really just breaks down to the demographic where memes, college kids, bam. And I think that's actually when、uh, me and my cousins,、uh, they were in high school, college, and. They're really into bodybuilding, so they they were on bodybuilding anyway. But 
that's when uh, we started talking about memes. So I, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that there were just lots of you know teenagers to young, mostly yeah male adults who you know want to get their knowledge and pro tips and bodybuilding, but also get some laughs. I don't know if you've ever been to the forum, but it's very locker room. Uh, that's yeah. That's all yeah. I've seen yeah. is like us finding down a wormhole. We're just falling down a wormhole of misogyny. Is the only time I've been in a bodybuilder forum. For sure, it's it's a very like uh, yeah, it's a very male locker room humor environment. You know, like do you even lift, bro? I think that really does encapsulate the social vibe of that site. Is that you're just rigging on each other, and people will give you points if it was a if it was a good burn. That sort of like male locker room setting is where a lot of jokes would happen. But that's also something of the past at this point. Bodybuilding out forums is is a is an inst- you know is an institution in the meme world, but still in you know in the bigger scheme of things, um, you know a lot of these sites that are forums and that have very like homogenous uh, audiences slash participants they're starting to kind of cascade down in 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 the in the meme pyramid do you find that you're able to predict certain events based on memes that are trending for instance the obvious one being the election but have you found that you that things happen and you're like yeah i saw that coming because of sure yeah uh absolutely and that's a really interesting question because we've been around for a decade that we do have lots of historical data it's kind of one of our favorite in office game is like, which meme is going to pop up on the Super Bowl commercials. But yeah, so, you know, we do a lot of uh, forecasting on our own internally, but now we actually have the resources of a, a lot, uh, 10 years of kind of historical data that really illustrates the um, ebbs and flows of a meme's lifespan slash endurance. There are lots of things uh, that we can start quantifying. And I think this is kind of the general trend with uh, knowledge slash reference sites that have been around for a while. I'm sure, you know, on, on Urban Dictionary, you might have noticed they have a kind of a trends graph that shows, oh, this slang is on the comeback. We, we do want to get to a point where predictive uh, analysis of a, of a meme's, you know, popularity or, you know, all these, all these uh, attributes. But in order to do that, we're actually trying to process these data that we've collected. Yes, we are a knowledge uh, service and a reference site, but we also do want to start uh, kind of incorporating quantitative analysis of culture, which, you know, has its limits because once again, it's a human affair. So there's only so much that numbers can analyze and, and do things, but yeah, just out of my personal interest, you know, there was the genome mapping project. And I think I think that is the ultimate end goal of the Neuremium databases that one day hopefully we'll be able to organize and categorize all these different memes by by their traits and you know their and their impact and their, how they spread. I'm sure there are already marketing firms or you know uh people who are just way more heavily interested in these kind of insights from the business perspective yeah i'm sure they're already working on these but i think on a cultural level as well it would be interesting what's your favorite meme uh, i uh it's a, it can be a hard question but 
My favorite meme is kind of an old video called a waffle falling over. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I, I know, really just delightful. love that concept. Oh, do you have like five minutes? I can tell you all about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's actually like a five second video. Actually, we don't need a five minute. Uh, it begins with a waffle standing upright on a kitchen counter. And right? then it falls over. Oh man, you just yeah, you just ruined my joke. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's uh, literally that's it. And I think this also speaks to what we we're talking about earlier, where like, what's your you know what's your favorite kind of things to see on the internet is like, it's stuff like that where like, yeah, I don't know what else I expected, but <laughs> I am laughing still. And I mean, the most beautiful thing about that meme was that I call it a kind of like a dry run of a meme where. Um, <laughs> It's almost like, yeah, it, it borders on a meta meme because there's just so little to work with. It's a three second video of a waffle falling over. It did uh, go viral where, you know, it amassed like millions of views because of that. Yeah, haha, you know, I don't know what we all expect. We all got duped, but the, num the volume of remixes that came afterwards on YouTube, you know, in terms of like, waffle resurrected and it's like you know it's the video played in reversal with like epic music in the background and i just yeah i just i remember that uh was a very impressionable moment and i mean in the bigger scheme of things it's not like a blockbuster meme but i just personally loved it because it it, it just kind of it really shows how much internet can do with so little <laughs> <laughs> as long as yeah as long as there's a group, group of people who have the time and skills to do it brad are you familiar with the subreddit real life doodles real life doodles i i, I that is not one of my destination sites but the, the only reason i mention it is because i didn't realize waffle falling over had such a meme history and my recollection of that is where someone drew a face on the waffle that gets increasingly more horrified as it then falls flat on its face. <laughs> and I love that version, but I didn't know that it had a backstory. And thank you for that education. Yeah, no, there's like dozens of, uh, and it was also the, uh, the turnaround time that was really impressive um, at the time. You know, now, you know, video editing is relatively more common skill set, but when the video came out, yeah, no, video editing still had an entry barrier that, you know, was pretty high. The response time was amazing in terms <laughs> of uh, people turning around with remixes. That's my favorite meme. Um, otherwise, just as far as my regular digest goes, uh, it really is cuts down to um, depression memes slash like a, a to me IRL for me IRL. Are you guys familiar with that one? It's a... Mm -hmm. It's a, it's like, it's kind of like me IRL uh, line of uh, self-deprecative jokes, uh, but it's like one level deeper. <laughs> so it's like really self-deprecative and depressing memes. But you know, for I don't, I, you know, for people, I really do think it's a, it's a cope. I mean, yeah, humor is a coping mechanism, and and uh, yeah. So for me, it's a keeping a healthy balance of depressing memes and wholesome memes. Wholesome memes are great though. I love wholesome <laughs> memes. And on that note, check out that waffle falling over. Let's go have a <laughs> snack. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining yeah, us. It's been great speaking this with you. This was so much more than I ever thought I'd know. Oh, I'm glad. Thank you for having me on. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. 
my mind just exploded. I feel like um, meme culture, I can't decide if it's the beginning or the end of the universe, you know, because... Right, because it's like going to eat itself at some point, you know what I mean? Well, on the one hand, like, you know, first of all, he was lovely. I'm assuming he's listening. Was he'll- amazing, <laughs> thank you. Um, but, you know, a lot of it is trivial, and there are a lot of important issues to focus on, and we all get distracted by memes. That's where it's the end of civilization. However, if everyone was just busy... <laughs> Checking out memes and making entertaining things, that would be a better, more peaceful world. So I can't decide if this meme culture is the beginning or end of civilization, mm-hmm. you know? It's like saying that conversation is trivial or that small talk is trivial or that art is trivial. It's the no, sure it's no, not gonna No, no, that's not at all what I'm saying. <laughs> Small talk, I agree. Small talk is trivial. I hate small talk. No, no, I'm saying, but memes are just, I mean, most memes are just like, this is silly, this is fun, this is ephemeral. That doesn't make it trivial. Yes, it's not solving world peace, but it Mm -hmm. is still art and content, even in its simplest form. Mm -hmm. No? I once again uh, see your point, but disagree. Now that you're saying people should stop memeing and get down to solving world problems. No, I'm not saying that everyone should do that. It's just like... You know, the internet, it's just a larger thing about how the internet is just full of stuff. You know what I mean? And on the one hand, we're overwhelmed by stuff. And the world would be a better place if there was some stuff and then a lot more focus. But on the flip side, if everybody was just, you know, entertaining themselves all day, then the world might be better. Because I think a lot of world wars are like just people like fucking Trump and fucking Korea just talking about their dick size, literally. (laughs) You know, I mean, I did find it really heartening that he found he has such meaning behind these different memes. I mean, simply because he knows so much about them, I guess, and mm-hmm. where they come from, but that he's able to appreciate them in the way that he is. I wish no, I, I had I, that I also larger think appreciation. It's great to be mm-hmm. tracing them and that mm-hmm. someone is cataloging them. And I think they are a cultural reference point and the mapping that he was talking about near the end. Like, it is true that people will look back and be able to, like, see different trends and perspectives, and I see that businesses are using them and blah, blah, blah. So there's a lot of implications. Mm -hmm. I just can't decide if it's the beginning or the end of the universe. (laughs) I think the internet might be the beginning of the end of the universe, though, just itself. I don't know. Right. And to me, memes are, like, peak internet. Right. Well, it's funny. I think, like, memes are peak internet, and then, like, 4chan dark web is, like... The, the, like, the valley the opposite peak yeah right exactly the valley <laughs> deep valley what's the word for the deepest deepest part of the valley vagina <laughs> just kidding it's, but I don't want to call the vagina something bad right like the vagina of the internet <laughs> yeah, that's not good sure. that's not good oh, it's the ass crack of the internet sure. I don't know lengthen the view uh, I think we will look back at this version of the internet which is web pages and social platforms oh my god it's as, gonna look the way Craigslist looks uh, now absolutely, where it's like absolutely. What, or bodybuilding forums frankly which right. look like why haven't you been updated but uh, well, <laughs> and I'm also fascinated by that of like we have Instagram mm-hmm. and we have virtual reality but millions of people are still using bbs software on, right. online and i love that that still is a hot mm-hmm. those are hopping places for conversation mm-hmm. still in 2018 it is great. fascinating i think about it a lot like we're gonna look back in these these i mean this podcast we're gonna listen to it 10 years from now and be like what the fuck yeah, what? The like it is gonna be interested? updated so fast <laughs> yeah. you know like mm-hmm. even how podcasting is experiencing such a rise in popularity right now and like the renaissance of radio there's something really cool and exciting about that Obviously, we're here trying to capitalize on it, but like that could be done in a year. I don't know. I just sure. think the world will be unrecognizable in another 10 years. We will all be in virtual reality. This will be Redder, Ready Player One. Yes. <laughs> but I, I worry you're trivi- trivializing memes as a culture. And something that Brad mentioned was that there are certain 
memes and conversations around memes that become mythological. And that's funny. Like, uh, Distracted Boyfriend, if you guys are familiar with that, obviously. Yeah is the meme of the now and of last year and it has a million iterations and it's really funny but like in a year in 10 years will it still be culturally relevant i don't think so but um not salad finger uh slender man yeah whoa that's amazing to me yeah yeah and scary and dark right yeah um i don't know it feels like that one could last a really really long time i'm trying but failing in my own mind to think of the before the internet like what what were other things that would have functioned this way like fax machines morse code <laughs> the telegraph i mean culturally like uh i'm kidding i know singing telegrams like words that we would use that we would pick up on from each other and slang like change yeah probably slang that changes throughout generations or just yeah, like well, what was the old school meme like the way shakespeare used me i'm sure other absolutely. people did that's this. what yeah. dawkins who is the evolutionary biologist who wrote this book that brad referenced which is mm-hmm. the selfish gene he's talking about genetics but when he says meme he's talking about information so it's ex- slang is a is a perfect i think i think mm-hmm. and i have read the book a long time ago i think dawkins would classify slang as a meme of like in certain culture in certain groups of culture in certain communities is mm-hmm. probably the better word mm-hmm. you make up a word that's you know vorse that's mm-hmm. you know vorsing is so cool guys and then if if someone listens to this podcast and picks up a word that you coined and start using it in the culture but then it changes somehow to mean something slightly different or radically different then that is a meme that mm-hmm. transmitted itself from one community to another I that fucking happens hope vorsing catches on absolutely too. and whiz bang hashtag mm-hmm. whiz bang hashtag vorse. yeah but vorsing is original, I think, here. Mm-hmm. Agree. I haven't Googled That's it. A, Whiz, Whiz Bang original. is a bring back. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag, bring. hashtag bring back. Uh-huh. Uh, but that is, those are the me, the pre-internet memes. I yes. believe that is the definition okay. of meme. Mm-hmm. Any, informa- any cultural information that is transmitted and probably mutated through culture. Mm-hmm. And so the internet accelerates it exponentially because someone in Australia can, can change the right. little image macro that I made here in New York and whoa instantaneously right. as brad was kind of saying with the with the waffle falling over how mm-hmm. fast it moved mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. i gotta see that waffle i know me too i love waffles yeah same <laughs> i was at an event the other day and there were waffles and i was really excited and then i, I went up to get a waffle and they had run out here's a question <laughs> how do you pronounce thank you how do you pronounce d-i-n-g-e-s guys dingas like waffles and dingas is it dingas Oh, yeah, that food truck. I know what you're talking about. That yeah, place is so good. There's a food truck with amazing smells waffles. Delicious. They um, call them dingas. Yeah, I think is that's... That tr- is it true? I thought it was dingies. <laughs> I am not sure how you pronounce it, and it has also plagued me. Because I really want to order one, but Tweet I'm Tweet us a pronunciation it. guide. <laughs> if you know waffles and dingas. Well, that's also like a Belgian, right? It's like... Do it's they a spell, Belgian they waffle. They spell it W-A-F-E-L. Waffle. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> I'm talking about... I want like a waffle. What's like a waffle? Like a it's waffle house? It's like an house. American, like fucking Like whipped cream waffle. face on it? Oh no, gross. <laughs> I like a good waffle. Like I like um at Southern restaurants, soul food, I like a good waffle. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, cool. Well, here's something else that you're going to hate. <laughs> okay, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, the, the last or, or later point that Brad made, which was quantifying culture, uh-huh. which I believe is absolutely possible. If you have enough data and uh-huh. you're good enough at crunching the data, if you could... If you could see everything that's ever been put on the internet, put it in a spreadsheet and figure out, that was your question of like, could you predict things? I bet you could quantify exactly how culture- Yeah, he didn't quite answer if you could predict predict I don't, I mean, I don't think we have the technology to do that today, but like- we will. We will. And so 
I think I'm going to predict that that bothers you as an artist of like, if you crunch enough numbers, you can predict what culture and art will be Mm -hmm. in five years. It's all, it's sort of like seeing the future, but not, but not quite. That doesn't bother me. I guess it's like, am, am I more bothered by that or by like the fact that there's AI that's composing music already? Like, well, I don't right. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and those are parallel to each other. I guess I'm saying like, I'm going to make a piece of art. I'm going to set out to make a song and I can either write it from the, 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 the melody that's in my soul, whatever that is, or I can crunch some numbers and, and find out what what's going to be yeah. popular or what's going to be what's going to catch. They, they, people pop songs always, are written to catch your yes, ear in right. a methodical way, and right. that's the evolution of that. So right. I think there will always be both camps. There will be people who create because the data shows them that it will be popular, and I think that's smart in a lot of ways. Uh, and then I think there will there will always be people who feel like, oh, I have this idea and i have to create this so mm-hmm. i think yep. i think both will exist and i actually think the artists are going to be the last to go in the robot revolution yeah mm-hmm. they will go but they'll be the uh, last. yeah they'll be um, the last though yep. not that we're scientific or visionary in any way i'm a scientist <laughs> can't you tell kind of if you listen to this yeah. um but we did not tell brad but something we noticed with blog logs with our live show is that looking for memes for the show for a very long time we were seeing very sexist memes very racist memes and it was around like trying to find funny material that we could use for the show and obviously those things were not funny and then a related story but yeah yeah Yeah, but no then and then around the time of the election it was like a little less surprising to us when we yeah when we started seeing a lot more hate speech and everybody's like nazis are a thing we're like yeah we've been looking at this on the internet for a few years now that's a big wow so you had a predictor we've we've been talking about it i think there's in my mind you're conflating two different things that we did one we spent a lot of time in like deep forums where people were very racist we we knew about the alt-right before fucking we started seeing it it, it like blew my fucking mind when when i started seeing the washington post report on the alt-right because i was like wait we've been reading about this for years yeah yeah we we read about them so that wasn't meme related what i thought you were gonna talk about specifically meme related is when we were doing our show around the election time and so we were like oh maybe we'll do like all these different memes about all the candidates and the memes for hillary were so much more hateful and misogynist that it was actually very shocking even as someone who spends a lot of time on the internet because you and this was during the primaries like you could look up all the republican republican candidates all the democratic candidates and the memes about her were overwhelming and scathing like and it just didn't make any sense and it was just such i think it was obviously like the internet is a misogynist place i think like at, at its roots um there's that yeah so because here's the thing even if you love donald trump even if trump was actually like a really lovable wonderful man he has a background in entertainment and he has a background on a reality show like even if he was a really liberal dude like if fucking john stewart ran for president like there should be a ton of hilarious memes about him and there were so many about hillary and they were all very very angry Bringing it down. <laughs> but yeah, so those Anyways, did predict yeah. things. Mm-hmm. So now, but now it's scary because now we find fucked up things on the internet and you used to be able to brush it aside and be like, oh, this is a fringe minority. And now we can't do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I 
love this scarf that you're wearing, though. I just love it. so long. I thought you were wearing a blanket all day, but it's this fabulous scarf. There's like a famous dancer. Oh my God, you should, you could just wear this. you know this dancer? Oh, I know. She wore long scarves and she, in her convertible, it got caught in the wheel and she died. So I'm a little scared to wear a long scarf. It was a long time ago. No, just don't. It's like in the 50s, 40s. I don't know. Who was it? Because I know this story. I want to say Imelda Marcos, but I'm making that up because she's like a shoe person. I don't know. It's a dancer. I forget. It was a dancer. One person died in the 50s and you're really you're worried it's a story about a long scarf it'll stick with me forever <laughs> yeah but just don't drive a convertible in a long scarf yeah that they don't really go together crazy story anyway my feeling on the fringe minority is that they are Aye. still fringe minorities are they yes but they have a voice so they have a voice that is also amplified by platforms where bad actors can amplify those voices through ad spend as we when know you said from bad actors i was like there are actors <laughs> <laughs> tons of bad actors but but um social platforms especially facebook and uh, and others youtube included they uh, they reward sensational crazy inflammatory content and the bad actors got really good at making that content as you said about hillary right. and so there it was it is still a fringe minority that is perpetrating but it but if the fringe is large and powerful now does that matter they're not large and powerful but they have the mega they have the tools via the internet to reach main more mainstream people who are generally like you can have a conservative republican person who doesn't care for hillary that doesn't mean they're part of a fringe but if they are exposed to really nasty media about one candidate or another that influences them right. and that of so course, it's yeah. so it's not the major the majority just because the internet exists doesn't mean the fringe is like taking over but they can get into your news feed now right, right yeah. in front of your face whereas political speech and political advertising if you wanted to advertise on a television show that's regulated like you have to run yeah. that by certain authorities to make sure it's so not when is the internet gonna get regulated that's the big question <laughs> social this media is, this yeah. is what facebook is and others are up against is like we're about to hit a, a tipping point of like is the internet? Oh, I think we've tipped. We've, we've tipped. tipped. We gotta figure. It. We beg you to figure it out. <laughs> but the but, but the government, Congress, is light years behind the actual things that are happening on the internet. So, yeah. are should we be regulating the internet like a common carrier, like a network television, because it's reaching exponentially more people and it's influencing exponentially more people than television ever did? What do we do about that? That's where we are now. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go crawl into my corner. <laughs> We're I'll in see y'all later. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Anywho, uh, you can tweet us your favorite meme. Okay. Yeah, sorry, we got a little down. But yeah, you should tweet us your favorite meme. This is a comedy podcast. I don't woo, know woo, if woo, it woo. is. What have, what, have, what have we been doing? I don't know. Sometimes you got to cry before you can laugh. Anyway, tweet me at Junebugger. <laughs> what? <laughs> you can tweet me at Allie Gold. We'd love to hear what you see, what your favorite meme is. And you can email those memes to us at 2G1podcast at gmail.com. Or you can call us, not with a meme, but just to talk. And that number is 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6548. And you can also support us on Patreon, which we would really, really appreciate. It's patreon.com slash 2G1P. Obviously, uh, we're here with The Daily Dot. We'll keep making this podcast. 
and it's uh, in your ears right now for free. If you can donate even $1, Patreon works as a monthly contribution. It would really help offset our costs and help us eat, um, which as if you listen to this podcast, you know that I love to eat, um, for instance, waffles. Yeah. So she's she's eating an energy bar right I'm now. I'm eating guys. an energy bar. <laughs> it's a long day. OK. Um, but yeah. And also, please, please, please tell your friends, as you just heard in this episode, it can be very hard to make something Pick up and very easy. Let this be easy. Tell all of your influencer friends. <laughs> Where are you going with that? Yeah. But really, Stop. every time you tell someone, it really does help spread the word. And by word, I mean these words in this podcast. I'll stop now. Okay, guys. See you next time. See ya. The Rosebud Podcast is hosted by Jennifer Tamula and Allison Goldberg and promptly deleted to save hard drive space. Uh, I mean edited by Matt Silverman in New York City. Production assistance is slid slowly across the table in a folded envelope by the thoughtglomerate.com. This show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. If you enjoyed this audio program, you can support it in two separate but equally important ways. Contribute $1 per month on Patreon to help offset our production costs and make this the best podcast it can possibly be. And or join our exclusive Discord server where you can chat with the hosts and get updates on new episodes. Visit discord.gg slash 2g1p. Your support helps keep this show going strong. Great news! You can listen to new episodes of Two Girls One Podcast one week early. What is this sorcery? Just download the free TuneIn app and fire up Two, Two Girls, Girls One Podcast to get fresh episodes one week before your loser friends. <laughs> your friends are so lame for being one week behind. I know, right? Wait, what's the catch? There's no catch. Tune in lets you listen to awesome podcasts. Like ours. One week before anywhere else. Absolutely free. Whoa, dude. The next episode of the show is probably already there. Yo, this is some freaky time traveling shit. I'm going to listen to next week's show so I can find out what we're going to say. Technology is weird. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe. Dibble-dap. Scribble-scrabble. Microphone-a-babble.